And action. And action. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the cafe. I'm Alex. We've got Costa, Susie, and John, as always. Hi, we have Alex. Full house. Hey, John. Um, huh? Hello. <laughs> what are you in here for? Huh? What, what are you in for? What's your advice? Uh, what, what's my advice? Ah, you know, I'm a sucker for these pixel cupcakes. You know. Yeah, actually, I don't. You, I don't. You don't drink anything, Alex. Am I drinking anything? You can't ask uh, someone that at one of these meetings, Costa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got me on water. I'm afraid. Oh, Pixel shake and bake. Shake <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Shake and bake yeah. bottle. Yeah. yeah, I got a custom water bottle. They were doing free labeling. I couldn't think of anything else except shake and bake. Um, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, shake and bake. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't self-promote. Um, yeah, so let's get this started with um, an article that is probably a week old by now or so, but um, it was a pretty big one in the news. Um, it was actually big enough that three stories came out of it that will kind of compact into one, um, which is, well, there's three things going on. PS4 selling twice as many units as the Xbox One. Microsoft claiming Sony is keeping games off of Game Pass. And that uh, Microsoft's, um, that Sony is worried that uh, Microsoft will make Call of Duty an exclusive and, um, you know, damage their income. Um, So this all comes from uh, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. Um, They've been uh, basically in court with Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense, known as CADE, C-A-D-E. yeah, they're in a basically a legal battle with Cade um, after purchasing Activision Blizzard. So in these uh, documents that have come out, Sony believes that Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard could cause serious harm to the market if Call of Duty or other Activision Blizzard games become Microsoft exclusive. Microsoft says they have no intention of doing that and calls Sony a hypocrite um, after saying that PlayStation made deals with games such as Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo and Final Fantasy VII to stay off the Xbox, which were deals uh, that were made before Microsoft bought Bethesda. Uh, Microsoft reportedly only has 10% of the entire game development ecosystem, but 30% of the console market. However, Sony has 50%. Um, I guess that's more of Microsoft being like, what's your problem? Um, and then Microsoft also alleges that Sony is paying developers blocking rights to prevent adding content to Xbox Game Pass and other services, um, which uh, they're just debating whether that's just a wording thing if it's they're, they're blocking it or they're, it's exclusive content. Yeah. And um, then the other thing that came out of this is, again, of I guess trying to prove that PlayStation doesn't have a lot to worry about is that the PS4 sold twice as many... Uh, units as the Xbox One did. And um, yeah, so these are all coming out. There's also PlayStation's clearly threatened by Game Pass. Um, they've just redone their um, their PlayStation Plus program to tier it more like Game Pass. Um, so yeah, I mean, bottom line is it it's, you know, win-win for us as gamers um but yeah interesting findings what do you what do you all make of this those court documents are in spanish ah <laughs> uh, i um, i'm big on duolingo i smashed that out especially for this article i translated awesome. everything thanks, <laughs> thanks alex uh, so is, that, is that because uh is Cade uh, located somewhere that speaks spanish or is that just brazil, brazil well brazil okay. speaks it's portuguese yeah oh sorry my bad yeah portuguese to me, it's just like very, what's the word? Um, like, shouldn't Sony just step up and be more competitive rather than just yeah. being like, oh, well, that's unfair. That's And that's unfair because of this and that. It's like they're, they're pinning this entire thing on Call of Duty being so popular, which it is. It is very popular, but being so popular that no one else can, you know, do anything that will rival it or they can't do anything themselves to rival call of duty like that's pretty bad on on their end to to kind of yeah say that and almost put themselves in that in that category of like yeah we can't do anything better so 
we the 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 law should step in and stop it essentially mm. yeah well it's like um like you know everybody knows like i'm a huge sony fangirl and always have been right but like the last couple of years i've been like hmm should i get game pass right oh. because it, it is it's like super good thing and like what we've got on playstation plus is like have two free games a month and they're like things that you already have and they're like five years old and like even the new game like the playstation plus like i'm not like going okay i need this like it's not it's still not a competition with games Pass. like it's nothing like it like it's they're just not stepping up like you said and like it, it kind of feels like you know like when companies are like capitalism's the best and then they start going like bankrupt and they're like hey government we need a bailout <laughs> like it kind of feels like that right yeah. with capitalism <laughs> yeah i mean d- didn't like sony sony also just acquired bungie don't forget like let's not forget that and mm. and bungie Wait, owns, really yeah and bungie owns destiny which is also a, quite a big first person shooter oh. you don't hear anyone complaining about that man don't get me started yes. about Destiny. I, I just bought Destiny 2. I found it at Savers for $8. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Isn't it free to play? Well, well, yeah, but you have to buy the actual physical disc. Oh, so right, I got right. that, which is awesome. Put it in and it required like a 90 gig, no, yeah, 110 gigabyte download. The whole game. <laughs> oh my so still haven't played it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with me. I got Destiny heaps cheap because the base game itself... Uh, it's fun for like two weeks, but it requires a lot of DLC to play it. Um, Mm. and then you just get destroyed by other players. Um, but also Sony has so many exclusives. Mm. Like they have so many exclusives. They've got like Metal Gear. They have all of, um, you know, uh, Final Fantasy, don't they? Um, well, I mean, not the older ones because they're what Nintendo. The Square Enix, has yeah, that the remake. Or oh, the Square Enix, yeah. Yeah, like they have so many. Like, and it literally said they have fifty percent of the console market. That, and then, if you're going to talk, yeah. Sony as a company, they also have a huge domination over hardware market of of yeah. just things yeah. that aren't games. I know, like the money would be separate, but you know. They got Sony speakers, Sony TVs, that's, Sony phones. That's probably by why Xbox like wheeled out those stats to say, "Hey, we actually didn't do that well with the Xbox One." So, you know, mm. you, you yeah. did better essentially in that last console race. That's why we've done this approach of uh, yeah, We're doing, doing a subscription service. Yeah, because they yeah. can't compete. She's just um, work, you know, capitalism. And also, yeah, also on the uh, matter of. Uh, Sony, sorry, Microsoft saying they're not going to make um, Call of Duty and that an exclusive. Uh, the company elaborated further, listing many reasons why it wouldn't make sense to make Call of Duty a console exclusive. Some reasons cited for opting out of console exclusivity included missed revenue from PlayStation sales, specific costs tied to exclusivity, and a lack of competitive impact. In other words, fans of Call of Duty can rest assured that the game will stay available on PlayStation consoles. Mm. And that comes from svg.com. Well, if the if the uh, game makes money, and like, why would you why would you change it? You know, why would you uh, make it Xbox exclusive when, just like Sony says, look at how many people play Call of Duty on their their consoles. Like it's a mm. it's a no brainer. I think what would be interesting would be if Xbox uh, tries to put their Game Pass on a Sony platform in the form of mm. some kind of app where you, even from a streaming perspective, like, could you stream to a PlayStation, uh, you know, anything on Game Pass? Because it's, it's already on TVs. We've spoken about it. It's on your phone. It's on web browser. It's on anything, basically. I wonder if they would do like a, like kind of like a PlayStation Xbox app to, to do that. That would be really cool. Yeah. You know, even if it's not like exclusive, they might do the thing that Sony's been doing. Um, which is that like one year thing where you can yeah. uh, like maybe Call of Duty will be released on Xbox first and Game Pass first for one year and then it'll go to Sony platforms mm. and and then you you get the cross play and everything between your platforms still but yeah. it's just your friends have to wait a year <laughs> or yeah, they get Game yeah. Pass <laughs> or if or it's even just the fact that it comes out paid you have to pay for it if you're on like on PlayStation uh, but if you have an Xbox it's free with Game Pass so it's kind of like 
well, you can pay for it or you can just subscribe and get a bunch of other games as well at the same time. So it's very compelling, extremely compelling. It's interesting as well because it's not like this idea of subscription gaming is a new idea. Like people have, we've been discussing it for ages and people have been discussing it long before us since like streaming video platforms have come out. So Mm. for Sony to kind of, I'm not that they're saying this, but it's almost like, oh, like this brand new idea. We can't just like switch to that kind of thing yeah it's kind of they would have had to already have made the decision to not switch to it yeah yep and even um it's probably a good point i mean i don't have the article in front of me but i know that you alex put it up somewhere i I knew you were gonna say this yeah netflix yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. bowing out of well not bowing out but just not doing very well one percent of netflix subscribers actually use the games wait netflix makes games yeah, <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. I know we've talked about this. Um, but yeah, it's not doing very well with its with its games. Even like Stranger Things 1984, uh, Exploding Kittens. I think they did a oh maybe not yet, but they're doing an Exploding Kittens TV show and game. Um, but yeah, like just didn't do very well. And I, and I wonder what it is like. Why why. Why didn't any of us try it out, actually? Did anyone know it existed, number one, and would anyone have tried it out? Uh, no. Nah. Not me, because yeah. <laughs> I i mean, I barely watch Netflix. As it, I have Netflix um, for some reason. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't interest me. It, doesn't, it just doesn't interest I mean, yeah. Netflix games, I'm just looking at the article. They're all on mobile devices, aren't they? There's no, like... Yeah. So, I mean, I don't personally play mobile games anyway. So, um, mm. maybe the that market would be good for it. But for anyone that's like only consoles or only computer, I mean, Netflix, you can't do it. So. Yeah. Is, yeah. Anyone, is, it, is, it, is it the perception of the game, you reckon? Or is it just like because it's on, on a platform or like on a mobile platform? And you oh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I haven't explored mobile gaming a lot. The, the biggest games I've played on mobile have actually been ports from old like PlayStation games and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, I think it's almost a stigma that mobile games are like less in depth or less engaging. And I know, like, I know that's not true objectively, but I guess I just, I personally haven't played that many mobile games that have really gripped me or mm. had that mm. same experience that I've had with consoles or PC. How about you, Susie? Would you have uh, tried out the games? Um, I don't know. Like, I I do try not to play on my phone too much because, like, um, it's not usually the type of games I, that I'm into. But um, I did fall down a Diablo hole for a while there. <laughs> but it's a big like, hole. yeah, like, but again, like, like John was just saying, like, if you if you check that out, John, like, it's exactly the same as playing Diablo on PC or console, like the mobile version. Okay, it's the exact same experience. It's the exact same experience, yeah. Do do you you find then, uh, like, control-wise, is it as easy, as intuitive to control as on on computer? Not a computer, but I find it easier than console because, like, I think we've had this discussion before, but my hands are small, so I have trouble with the PS5 controller. (laughs) Uh, right. Whereas, like, on the phone, like, it's, it's, like, really small so yeah like the you know the the controllers are like on your screen so it's not too doesn't require you to have big hands to to reach everyone right mm. yeah because that's been one of the things for me as well is that uh like when i've even played these ports even if it's on my ipad which is a bigger screen like often the controls the way they're set up uh i find less intuitive or they're like mm. You know, You've a got rush big job hands. or something. Maybe like that. it's like the opposite problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, my giant hands. Because <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll happily play like 3ds because it's like very, I don't know, it's very well thought out design. Mm. Mm. I don't know what the Venn, the Venn diagram of Netflix subscribers, Netflix thought they were going to target. Because yeah. like, I mean, it, it all depends on. I guess what your circle is without doing the research, right? But as someone who just came out of office work, like the people in there talking about Netflix are not the people who are interested in games. It's like they're they're people who played The Sims and will boot up The Sims every so often and call themselves a gamer for that reason. Mm. But 
they're not going to play mobile games or anything like that. But I wonder if the the cross the the Venn diagram is kind of those um, experiences like Bandersnatch and kind of multi path choose your own um, adventure stories because Netflix is obviously. Um, experimented with it they did that and then uh, we've spoken about it before but they they ported uh, a telltale game i think minecraft store minecraft story mode minecraft stories yeah there to to netflix and they literally just that's pretty good changed yeah. It. yeah like it's pretty crazy that they they did that i, I wonder why they never continued down yeah, that I f- path I, I was gonna say i feel like it's something they should have maybe committed to more because it was like mm. as an idea bandersnatch like the people i know who watched it or interacted with it weren't necessarily gamers but they mm. got what it was about but it was just like when that came out there was like that was the only one that came out for a long time mm. and whereas if they kept putting out content like that which and i know it comes with its own kind of costs and risks and stuff like that um i guess people would get used to it like culturally speaking and then yeah. that would shorten that bridge between netflix shows and netflix games as well yeah they'd said that they were like when when it came out uh well no after it came out sorry in like march of 2019 they'd said they're going to double down on it they were they were like we're going to make so many and not just like the the way that they worded it wasn't about doubling down on games they were going to double down on the bandersnatch format yeah of more interactive yeah. things like um like that i think another thing i never saw i don't think i ever saw an ad for a Netflix game. Like, I don't think they market marketing wise, they pushed it. So like, you know, like when, um, different p- streaming platform, but when Disney wanted to advertise the Mandalorian, they went hard. Yeah. You could tell they had a bigger, I feel like they would have had a bit of mark, bigger marketing budget than Boba Fett, even though it's the same company. They probably didn't have as much faith going into it because Boba Fett doesn't get a lot of marketing push, but you can tell, um, Mandalorian is their baby. And then the opposite happened with Obi-Wan, I think. Like, well, not opposite, but they got a lot of, that got a lot of um, push and then people just didn't like it. Um, but I never saw an ad for Netflix gaming. Maybe when it came out, but it maybe, didn't saturate deep maybe enough. That, maybe that's just like the confidence in the product itself, but Netflix doesn't really have much confidence in it. I, well, saw I, do, a, find um, it, I do find it interesting that no other streaming platforms have really tried it yet either. So maybe... You know, they know something we don't, which is that it doesn't work. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. Also, it's also like a bit of a um, a bit of a mess. I think we've said this before on the podcast, but it's a bit of a mess when it comes to iPhones and that because technically, based on the um, Apple guidelines, you can't release another app store within mm, on uh, the app store. So even with Netflix games, there was. I, the only kind of mention I've seen of it is when you go on Netflix on the mobile app, you'll see the game there like in a little banner area, but it'll you have to click it and then navigate back to the app store to install the game and then play it. It's, it's like they it's a kind of like a loophole because they can't serve the games directly to you through the um, through the app. And that's what game Xbox Game Pass is struggling with on iOS because they don't allow it. So what they did was they just said, like, screw it. We'll uh, make it available through the web browser. And that's why they, I think it, bit, it took a bit longer to come through um, to iOS because they had to build all that functionality out through through a Safari web browser. Mm. Is that an- another... Sorry, you go, Susie. I was just going to ask if anybody knows if, like... Do you remember how Netflix have that VTuber? Like, I wonder if they're promoting, if they were promoting their games through, like, their VTuber or through that kind of angle rather than, like, traditional. Who's that, sorry? VTuber? Uh, yeah, the VTuber that Netflix have. It's like uh, an Enco. Oh, okay. I did, so, it's, like, official Netflix branded, is it? Or? Yeah, she came no. out, like, last year. Oh, Enco yeah. Me Corona. Enco Maker and that's all right. Netflix anime's official VTuber. Oh, okay. So she promotes the anime. Yeah. On Netflix. Maybe she promotes the games as well, or maybe not. She's like sheep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's too. Interesting. I've never even heard of a VTuber. This is literally the first time I've heard of a really? VTuber. Really? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Um, yeah. Well, it's like I've heard of, but yeah. Yeah, it's like Alex is like a streamer that's like completely virtual. So it's like um, you know, uh, Adobe Animate or character animator, but you're streaming. (laughs) Ah. And then how do they? It's obviously like a voice actor. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like it's usually captured live. Oh, like it's like tracked. And then so you use your vo- like your normal voice or a voice changer, and then it's tracked. The the animation's tracked to you. That's God, cool. how long till that's AI? Yeah, I've seen a few of them on Twitch, um, and it's cool because like when you're doing that, you have like it opens up things like I just saw someone was displaying the the chat box like on that T-shirt, like the VTuber was. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it went cool. bad very quickly, but it's a cool concept. <laughs> it's a cool concept. There's a lot of, like, uh, you know, promotion in it. Like, I saw, like, earlier in the week there was, like, um, yeah, the uh, Tony the Tiger, like, the Frosted Flakes guy. Like, <laughs> Kellogg's have, like, him doing his gaming <laughs> streams. <laughs> That's hilarious. What's that uh that League That's of Legends great. band? KDA. Do they do they do that kind of thing as well? Which I don't one know. Is that? You guys know. Uh KDA, it's a uh K pop band, but the members are characters from yeah. League of Legends. Yeah. And it's oh, like it's an actual band that like does the music and stuff, but yeah. They're uh it's it's in the same kind of world as VTubers and I, I don't even know what you call it, but we we're entering that era where you have like Instagram models who are completely computer generated and mm. yeah. stuff like it's that like, it's like it's like the new like like death clock right like in the 90s it was or 2000s we had like death clock like metapocalypse the band and that was like they're like an animated 2d band that's all mm. done by this one guy like he does all the all the like, instruments like oh yeah yeah gr- but gorillas that's a good example like yeah. gorillas yeah but like this is a tv show so they made the tv mm. show and then also released albums I love oh, that's cool. This is like Very cool. this is like we're a bunch of old people trying discussing what kids are getting up to these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, when I understand I it. I understand it. It's, like, it's like Spinal Tap. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that. Good. <laughs> oh, um, the other thing as well with that with that Netflix thing. Also, I love how this started as a Microsoft story. <laughs> we touched on it for five minutes and then went over to Netflix. We're, we're going um, to thread it back somehow. Now we're talking about uh, Tony Tiger. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, with the with the Netflix thing as well, I wonder in that Venn diagram, how many people actually watch Netflix on their phone? Because I've never watched... I, I, when I was watching a lot of streaming stuff, I never once watched it on my phone. Um, and there's no visible, at least, link to games on the TV Netflix platform. Like the even- only time I've done that was when I was watching a show at home and I got so into it that when I went to work, I like was obsessed and I didn't want to stop watching it. So I like put my phone beneath my computer monitor <laughs> and had my, my AirPods in. I was just like, yeah, very sneakily watching stuff. There, there like, is like yeah. a small tab at the bottom that mm. says games. Games. But it, yeah, that's right. It's, that's all it is. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> Certainly not pushing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the other thing is that Netflix just went the route of like, okay, we're going to buy a bunch of game studios and just develop things in-house. I wonder if it would have worked well. Like, and I've posted this before, but Telltale before it went bankrupt was working on a Stranger Things uh, game, which looked amazing. Like, I would have loved to see where that had gone. And then if they had put that in the format of Bandersnatch and Minecraft story mode mm. on Netflix, that I think that would have worked a lot better than all of Definitely. this. It could have almost acted as like a in-between seasons, like kind of thing that they, that they did like that, that would have been awesome. And everyone yes. knows stranger things. They know the story and it would have been quite similar visually to the, to the TV show. Um, but I wonder if it would be cool if Netflix would almost take the approach of, Hey, here's our IP. Who, what game developers or like studios out there want to build games for this IP? Come and like pitch at us, uh, and then do, go from there. Like something like that would would be cool because I feel like they're doing this different approach of like trying to build out everything on their own. Which, yeah, 
Yeah. A lot of this stuff isn't Netflix. Like, if you look at the games, like they've got games from Steam here. Hmm. Like, it's not all Netflix proprietary stuff. Like, they've so got um, Before Your Eyes, which I've got on Steam, that blinking game. So, so like, are they are they almost like a distributor in a way, like through Netflix? Yeah, it just looks like the App Store. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> like, there's a whole lot of like, um, you know, Bejeweled type things and like little so, platformers and. You know what's but again, interesting? Who's actually? going to Netflix um, to play Bejeweled? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone who loves Netflix. I don't know. All right, I'll tie this back to Microsoft and Game Pass. So I was playing Game Pass the other day because I got my two free months from getting Discord Nitro, which is apparently a thing. Um, I'm in no way sponsored by Discord. <laughs> but, um, Look at you, able to boost things. <laughs> yeah, well, I cancelled my Nitro like a week later. I just needed to upload one video file. <laughs> it's for a job. What is anyway, it, an eight, eight um, megabyte limit or something? Yeah, it was yeah. like makes. Um, anyway, uh, but I saw so there's certain games on uh, Game Pass which are <clears throat> like I don't know if they're EA games. I'm trying to remember, but like if you click on them and click to download them, you then have to download the I think it's EA uh, installer, and it opens that up, and it's actually meant to link with the EA subscription service, and so yeah. like you, and so it's kind of bridged across. Um, now, side point, it wasn't working for me and that was very frustrating. <laughs> but in theory, it works. Uh, so, which means, you know, even Netflix could probably bridge with Game Pass um, and, you you know, you're paying for one subscription and it goes across. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but, yeah, it's a weird think, world we're moving into. Yeah, I'm going to take a guess with this, a completely, completely uneducated guess, but Steam's a web browser, so... Within a URL of a web browser, you can tell it to open up another application. Um, so that's what happened with me with um, uh, Star Wars Squadrons. I bought it on Steam because it was cheaper there, but you still have to open up EA to play it. Yeah, but uh, this is the actual like. So if you have the Microsoft Game Pass subscription, yeah, you, get you then don't have to get the EA subscription. It's, Whereas it's if you didn't oh, have Game sorry. Pass subscription, yeah. if you didn't have Game Pass, you would have to get the EA subscription. So it's almost sorry, like sorry, that, yeah, Game Pass subscription is covering the EA one as well. So yeah, maybe right. maybe that's next. Maybe Netflix is like, okay, we've had our shot at trying to do this. Let's mm. uh, partner with someone else who 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 does it better. I saw someone well, so- on uh, Sony. Here's your chance. <laughs> I saw someone on LinkedIn just make this completely typical LinkedIn post of being like they they'd made concept art, and I won't say what game it is, but they're like. When Netflix likes your concept art so much, they decided to make a game around it, and they were basically saying that Netflix made their game, made one of the games they made because of this concept art. I'm like, yeah, right. They they sunk all this money because you made a three D model of a character. Ah, uh, LinkedIn. Maybe, maybe is that where Netflix's strategy failed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, the other thing is, how do you, how do you, another thing on the Netflix thing, how do you get into, how do you like get into contact with them to, if you were a game developer wanting to, I don't know, utilize their platform, how the hell would you get around doing that? Is that, like, I have no idea. Would you just get into contact with some Netflix representative? They probably have some kind of scout. Contact at Netflix.com. <laughs> <laughs> Team at Netflix.com. What? You, you know what? Well, I was just Googling that and I just found an article that says, uh, according to a job ad, it hints that Netflix is trying to rapidly expand its games offering. Interesting. Um, Dig up, stupid. And I I tried reading the article, but then it wanted me to subscribe. So if they can tie that into Game Pass (laughs) as well, that'd be fantastic. (laughs) That's what Apple's doing, isn't it? Oh, Apple you just one. get like an Apple subscription and it gives you news. You get the and Apple games subscription. You get the the news subscription, music. Uh, what else do you get? Uh, iCloud storage, games as well. Apple Arcade. It's just one big subscription. That's pretty good. What the? I'm getting adverts for Destiny Two now. This is <laughs> should be you shouldn't be live marketing to me. What the? <laughs> I already own the game. <laughs> Buy the DLC. Yeah, you need the DLC now. <laughs> Good. All right. Speaking of... Uh, uh, John, I can't do this. This is all you. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, you're fired. 
<laughs> I quit. Speaking of fire. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, what's fire in uh, D&D? Oh, dragons, dragons. of course. <laughs> Speaking of uh, fire-breathing lizards, uh, <laughs> Susanna's going <laughs> to... Tell us about a game that's all about fire-breathing lizards. Are you saying Susie lizards. is the fire-breathing lizard? Or is Alex no, the fire she's lizard. the person with the news about the fire-breathing lizards and the dungeons that encase them. Please, Susie, talk take now. it away. I'm dragon. <laughs> I is dragon. Um, yeah, some new news about D&D. Um, there's a new D&D coming in 2024. Um, but like something that I thought was pretty interesting is that they're not going to call it 6th edition. So they're just making changes to 5th edition um, and going to release it in 2024. But uh, something that's really, really, like, I think really cool for, like, tabletop RPG community, like, I haven't seen a lot of before, is they're releasing sections of it as playtesting materials to the public for free and then going to revise that book before they release it in 2024. So they've mm. released some materials, so you can start looking at it now. Uh, and probably, like, there's some, there's a few changes. Like the biggest ones I saw were like changes to inspiration and critical hits, like in how those work, and a new race. Uh, but also, they've said that they're making their own virtual tabletop, uh, like Roll Twenty or um, Forge Foundry, because um, that's a huge deal. Um, because like there's so many of those and like, well, there's a few of those and they're really heavily used and you can't really like, it's the best way to play D and D remotely or any tabletop game remotely. So it's a good market to be in and it's somewhere that they should have been going. Um, but like last year they bought like that beyond 20 app where you can keep all your character sheets and stuff. And uh, like when this, they, as soon as they bought that, I was like, mm, they're going to go put that as a plugin. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but they're making their official tabletop in Unreal 5 as well. Crazy. So so for someone that's a noob like me, Susie, how, how big is a D&D update? Is this, like, how often do updates come? Uh, yeah, I think it's been 10 years since 5th edition was published. Oh, okay. Yep, right. So pretty huge. But, like, <laughs> you big. get, like, uh, you get you know, little, like, expansions and new worlds and stories and stuff that come out. But the rule set itself, like, is that that many years old. But they are saying, like, they're not going to call it 6th edition. They're going to call it something called D&D 1, I think. 1 D&D, rather than calling it 6th edition. So. You know, Reset. this sounds like a subscription service to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play but I thought the... Um, the Playtesting is interesting, right? Because, like, you think a tabletop RPG, that's a book, that's mm. set. Like, you publish it, that's that. You can do amendments and second editions and stuff, but you still have to allow what you've printed in your first edition to be played, right? Until you print a whole another edition. So, mm. that's pretty interesting to be doing how are they, little playtesting. Um, how are they taking in feedback and... Is it, does, it, does it outline if there's a process? Because you mentioned that you can play some of the material from now. Is there like a feedback loop with that? I think it's forums. I think it's forum-based. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess that's a bit cool. of pick and choose as well, but like lets anyone kind of do it. With the, um, with the, the 3D uh, virtual tabletop, I saw a screenshot. Is that from the... Is that from the what they're working on? It looks on? Is like it, it, right? Is it kind it of sta is it like static? Is it static kind of like as if you were playing on a on a board or? Well, all of the ones that I've used before don't look this um, like what's that the angle where it's like that <laughs> like you fly down uh, like tilt tilt shift. Yeah, yeah. The, all the ones I've used don't have that, so I think it must be theirs because or a concept for theirs because it doesn't look like anything that already exists and what are so, the other major ones that are out there at the moment you you mentioned some uh roll 20 and uh forge are the two big um and also obviously um uh tabletop simulator you can play yep. some games in tabletop simulator i, I don't know anyone that plays D, D in tabletop simulator but i'm sure you could mm. 
but they're, they're usually quite expensive too. Like yeah, the- I'd be, I'd love to see because I, I haven't I haven't ever really played D anD D, but I'd love to see how that kind of experience of like the dungeon master would work on a virtual tabletop. Is that is there like issue? Is there difficulties for that? Or I don't know. If, have you played a virtual one, Susie? Um, yeah, but I haven't DM'd a virtual one. Okay. So, I, yeah, I haven't seen what other options the game masters have over the players yeah. in those. But there's definitely, like, even as a player, there's, like, some that are better than others mm. and some that have a lot more options. I think the best ones are ones where you can hide things that you don't use. So, well, for me, so yeah, I'm not, like, your screen isn't just covered in things that, like, you don't need to know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> Does this open up like uh, better potential for doing D and D games like over the internet with people across the world? Like I'm assuming yeah. it's something that already happens a little bit, but will this make it easier or more engaging? I guess it depends what they do. Like if they take like if they look at what's happening with the existing virtual tabletops and they go, okay, well these are the issues. Let's address them. Or if they just go, we're just going to get in this market and make anything like. And then assume people use it because it's branded to Wizards of the Coast rather mm. than, like, actually looking at what needs to exist. Mm. You said there's updates every 10 years. Uh, do they do revision revisions, like, throughout that, you know, 10 years? Like, or is it just, we're done, wait until the next one? Yeah, well, I think there wasn't such a gap between the other editions. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, 5th has been a particularly long gap. Yeah, I just looked it up. Um, Between 2008 and 2013 was 4th. So then that means, yeah, that means it's been 10 years. Wow. Like, it will have been 10 years next year since that one. So 8 and 13, that's a smaller gap than 13 yeah. to 23. But I think that's because um, 5th edition, like, the D&D that's out now is kind of like, like the everyone's favorite one like the one that had most of the issues fixed or like well not you know most but like the one that runs the smooth the smoothest maybe <laughs> yeah yeah is it so what, what kind of, of changes do they make is it like ba- balancing and that kind of stuff is it yeah and like piece? mechanics changes too yep, yep. like how things work or what dice you have to roll or um, there's like rules for like uh, if you hit something and then how you do damage. Those those kind of rules change with each rule set. And I'm gonna guess there's communities out there that probably still play the first. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I'm not many, sure. like, like kind of niche communities of like. It's like this is uh, the Magic, only one that we play. Magic the Gathering. The They've got like yeah. the Magic the Gathering Classic or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, people can't let go. <laughs> I think I think people there's a big I know like there's a huge community for like the second D and D like advanced Dungeons and Dragons like there's a huge community for for that <laughs> for some That's reason that's always like, the way <laughs> Halo Two yeah, Halo has two, this online right. community uh, Smash Brothers Melee has the online yeah. community it's Terminator yeah, Two was the best point. one I it's was about to say one. that yeah <laughs> they revise it and then they by the third one they're like well we have to like redo it completely and then they just ruin it like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did none of oh, you play a, um, World, World of Warcraft RPGs? Classic was the first one right oh yeah Vanilla as well? <laughs> oh well Classic yeah yeah Vanilla no I haven't I haven't played like properly any yeah RP, tabletop RPGs I'd love to get into it though yeah me too I've been yeah. invited to Dungeons and Dragons a number of times mm. three or four times and then every single time something has happened and it's fallen through <laughs> so I just still uh. haven't I do not have the attention span. Like I've played the start of them a few times and with people who have no business playing Dungeons and Dragons and we just, it just devolves. Like we spent an hour trying to fight the orc bartender in like the place you start every game, you start in the (laughs) the tavern. Uh, Like, because it was just explained that you could do anything you want. So I'm like, all right, well I throw my, my uh, cup at the, at the bartender and like, Apparently, I didn't roll high enough, so, like, the troll ducked to pick up a coin at the same time. And then I kidnapped a goblin and then beat him with a shoe and then forced 
his brother, whoever the, his companion is, to dig his own grave. Like we didn't even get to the first town. We just got so distracted <laughs> a lot of, with that. That's a lot of That's violence so here, Alex. You just like yeah, I didn't have any weapons. <laughs> I was like, can I take off my boot and just use it to palm only? <laughs> Well, this I sounds guess like it's the a fun of game. it, isn't it? Is that you, yeah. you can do whatever you want, right? You're not limited yeah. like you would be in a video game. <laughs> yeah, well, like last, last, like last D and D session, my uh, character, um, who's vegan, converted the hunting lodge owner by making him fall in love with them, <laughs> and now that's a vegan hunting lodge. What do they hunt? Wild yeah. mushrooms. I think that. They're turning it into a wildlife sanctuary. <laughs> uh, the whole business model I mean, that's had to good, change. I, guess. <laughs> uh, I love how your I love how your experience was so different to Alex's. Just taking a <laughs> shoe off and beating up someone and telling them to dig their own grave. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna invade this uh, this restaurant now, whatever this is, because they're gonna have low iron, so they're gonna be tired. <laughs> also, so like, they can take what? the shoes, master. Yeah. <laughs> What video game has a win condition that is like convert this hunter to veganism? Ooh, I know, right? I feel like that would be that would definitely be an Age of Empires two mod where you replace religion <laughs> with so like veganism. Yeah. Oh, like I heard there's a mod for Minecraft that Peter made where you can't kill the animals. Oh, <laughs> really? You chucked that in sucks. that. I like creepers included in that. I don't know. Are they considered animals? <laughs> no, and, you know, I would find that really hard because actually I did try to play Minecraft once without killing anything. And like, it's really hard because you can't get enough health from like potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like- I remember seeing someone try to do like a pacifist run of Pokemon, which basically in the end is you just use all your moves until you run out of moves and then you use struggle. Uh, which is, I don't know if you've played it, but like if you run out of moves, you have this hidden move that hurts both your Pokemon and the opponent's Pokemon. And, and they won using that. And I was kind of watching it, I'm like, that's not really pacifist, that's just everyone's hurting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, some games, real- unfortunately, reality. do not have an option for pacifism. <laughs> Wait, how does... What's the pacifist version of Pokemon? How does that work? You can't well, that's as Pokemon? close as you can get. Is basically not actively attacking... But just As in you don't of, capture any Pokemon? You don't use any attacking moves, but let me send you a video later <laughs> rather than trying to explain <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so you just throw balls, but you don't fight. Yeah. Well, so that, that could work. That could work. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me, actually, uh, so I haven't played a tabletop game, but back in primary school, uh, shout out to Jake if you're listening. Um, I think G- <laughs> hey, Jake. G- <laughs> hey, Jake. GTA was just starting to get big. And he did some, like, weird GTA role-playing tabletop thing where he would walk around with, like, his pen and paper. And, like, if you played the game, it's literally just like, all right, this is the GTA role-playing game. What do you want to do? <laughs> and he's like, you can do whatever you want. You can go, like, steal a car. You can go, you know, like, rob someone. <laughs> and it's just like playing GTA, but you just make anything up. And so, like, a few of us would play that. I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, and that was loads of fun. So, um there used, there used yeah. to be a uh, so cool. GTA RP uh, mod on, I think, Vice City. There was like a multiplayer mod or whatever, and you'd like go around and just like drive normally <laughs> and not run <laughs> over anyone. <laughs> just driving simulator. <laughs> has, has anyone played any of the uh, Dungeons and Dragons like based uh, video games? The the ones that are better? Because I knew one came oh, out recently. It's like... Neverwinter Nights. And yeah, Neverwinter yeah, Nights. Yeah, I played Neverwinter. That was a like long time ago. B- Baldur's Gate. Um, there was that other one, Dungeons and Dragons: Dark Alliance, that came out recently, but I didn't hear the best um, reception from that. I didn't. Was play it that uh, one. Star Wars: Old Republic based on that D twenty system? Oh, was it? Mm, I don't know. Knights of the Old Republic or Old Republic? What was the first one? Knights of the Old Republic. But yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the footage of the um, the the in-engine footage of in Unreal Five of uh, One D and D. Looks really cool. Cool. Looks like very, yeah, detailed. Just cool representation and like the customization as well on. Yeah. 
on the I think it'd be really cool because I think a lot of people like their barrier to like tabletop RPGs is like they say they they want like more visuals like they want to see it like they want it to be more immersive than just like pieces on a table so like Mm. that that might overcome that for some people this really sells me like because I can can you can visualize it and you can see the kind of environment yeah and that it's it's a lot more. I don't know. I'm I'm one of those visual people, as well. So, but like no, the other really cool. the other like virtual tabletops are pretty good too. Like they they're top down, um, but they you know they show you where you are and where the other people are and where the monsters are and mm. what's around you and like you can get custom art that people make to build up your your maps and stuff, which is pretty cool. Do they oh. um, put music and stuff in it like? Because we, we obviously we had a Simon <laughs> S- uh, Simon Hanna Hanna yeah and and he had the the app that was essentially a music but it was like a music uh, companion for 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 I think D and D and maybe other D&D. RPG was it was it yeah. purely D&D, I think hey was it purely D and D was there was it for other RPGs as well I thought it was for purely D and D but I mean he's That's not gonna cool. he's not gonna come to your house and. <laughs> Disrupt your game. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah stop, please. You, you have to film your game while you're listening to it. <laughs> and then get you consent to this. Yeah, it's recorded. like it's like it's like quarantine check when the you have to take a photo of your board to actually show that you're playing it. That triggers me. Right? So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> if they're filming yours, Alex, you'd be like, Yeah, look, it's D and D, but I don't really like how you're playing it. <laughs> so, what have you done to that golf lesson? Yeah. <laughs> Well, did those virtual um, tabletop simulators, do they have that kind of stuff in there? Like the, the music and... Yeah, you can embed music. You can. That's um, cool. It's got a lot of like uh, different maps. So like people can switch between, like players can too. So like, because like, I'm really bad at maps. So like if, say, we're in a particular location, like, and then like the party's like should we go east or west i'm like i have to look at the map and go well let's go towards those mountains but like i can switch to the map without like them all having to see the map as well oh mm. that's cool so as you've got some independence in like what you do oh man that would so helpful because in real life you're sitting on opposite ends of the table and you have to like spin it around and stuff yeah and i was playing scrabble with my family recently and that is the worst <laughs> 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 to keep spinning this scrabble board <laughs> Oh my god, um, uh, I played Star Wars D and D. I found that a bit more yep. engaging. I think it's Ooh. it's the actual medium. It's not the medium. That's the cool. uh, the subject matter. I think that drew drew me in more. Um, By the way, Knights of the Old Republic was, was based on that. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rebels and something. It's cold. I uh, I'd play that. I'd for sure play that. There was, it was like you had to infiltrate a, um, like, cause it comes with the map and everything. It's not like, you know, you're, you're just writing it down and using, you know, I know that D and D has like a proper set and everything, but if you don't have that, you just kind of like just writing it down. This one had the map and the token. So it had bits of units and like, oh, sorry. I was going to say, oh, I was going to say just, just real quickly. Do you, when you, when you play D and D, you obviously have preset like kind of maps and campaigns, but you can do your own, like you can write your own essentially from scratch. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you can yeah. do whatever you want. And same with most tabletop RPGs. So most of them will have like a rule set and then like stories or campaigns that you can do outside of that. So like that Star Wars, um, I think, I, th- I don't know which one you're talking about, Alex. I've only played Age of Rebellion before, but That's like it one. does. Yeah, so it's got like a rule set and then it comes with like, a story, which is the one you were trying to say where you're infiltrating the base as the rebels and you mm. had to get to, uh, you have to get the bad guy's ship before he gets there or something. And, yeah. Um, the, but you can write your own, like, campaign with that rule set somewhere else. So you could set it somewhere else in the Star Wars universe and you could write your own campaign using those rules. There was this part in it where because uh, it has like you know movements by units and stuff like that and there's like a hangar where there's like they just say that there's walkers in there and part of the campaign is oh there's these guards coming like what do you do do you hide or do you attack them and I'm like alright I hide in one of the walkers now in real world I'm a notorious sneezer like I sneeze at <laughs> everything so like uh, I didn't roll high enough with the stealth 
I love that. So you the, that? Yeah. that's it's sneezing Alex again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, right? So in the, uh, I didn't roll high enough for the stealth, and we had hidden in the uh, ATSD walker in the garage, and the DM was just like, "The guards hear a sneeze come from the ATSD." <laughs> 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 oh, it was beautiful. That's a good DM when they cater it. Is it DM or GM? Uh, well, dungeon master, so like, is the you know traditional old D and D term, but GM is game master, so it covers everything. So ah, uh, right. So probably yeah. GM for that is yeah. <laughs> also, like dungeon master sounds boring to me because like who wants to just be in dungeons? Like that sounds boring. It's <laughs> 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 true. I guess it's cool because you, you can take your different games as well and just bring them together. So you can bring your vegan hunter boyfriend and Alex's orc bashing world and bring them together. And <laughs> yeah, you can totally. Have a multiverse. <laughs> the orcs are loud. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, beating up you animals. Can do it, Alex. You can, you can, oh, wow. Okay. Am um, I wrong? Yeah, no, no you're look, not. He, he, he killed it with that segue, just like he was talking about killing Pokemon. We're talking about... Ki- we're not talking about killing Pokemon here. We're talking about Pokemon. They and become your the, friend. Yeah. And if you can, do a pacifist run. Um, <laughs> Pokemon Company International, which is the subsidiary of the big Pokemon Company. This is the the international one's the one that's basically everywhere that's not Asia. They have <laughs> pledged twenty five million dollars to ph- philanthropic organisations over the next five years, um, and these are organisations that are focused on uh, social equity and basically helping children. <laughs> Um, And I'll just read a bit here um, from this article. Um, It says, The Pokemon Company International is grateful for the opportunity to give back to the communities in which it operates and where Pokemon has been so warmly received since it was first introduced. Uh, That was was from Kenji... uh, Sorry, Okubo, uh, the president of the Pokemon Company International. Um, Offering more specifics about which organizations they will support, uh, they said they've identified groups operating in three geographic categories, global, regional, and local. Organizations that operate without borders and serve children in need in locations around the world represent the first category, while the regional level includes organizations operating within countries where the Pokemon brand has a significant presence across Europe, Latin America, North America, and Oceania. Um... So it's interesting, as I was reading this article, I don't know if it's just based on all the other news that I've read or we've talked about or just like <laughs> cynical worldview, but my whole thing was like, all right, what's the catch here? Like, what are they trying to do? That's the and first thing the my end. mind went to. I know, right? And I got to the end, I'm like, I don't think there is a catch. I think they are genuinely <laughs> just wanting to give back. And it's like the most wholesome news story I've read in a That's really a, long time. Wow. It's a big tax write-off. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, still, I still have to pay the 25 million I know and my brain even my brain goes like oh 25 million they could afford a lot more than that <laughs> yeah it's like what the hell man I gotta check myself yeah. <laughs> it's easy to get into that mindset of like being cynical of of uh, a big corporation a big corporation when they want to do something nice but yeah. I mean it I, like if they're it's not like it's not like uh the things that they do on a day-to-day basis is inherently bad. Like, you know, it's not some kind of mining company or like mm. it's not some company that does something bad mining and then it's like, oh, like, here's 20 million give back for, to the children. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> tobacco company does like, yeah. By giving them all free cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Um, but it, look, it just seems like a really nice thing that they're doing. <laughs> Yeah. It does. Well yeah, done. That's cool. They should. Everyone should do more of this. Yeah. Is that the take, problem? Take that, that Digimon. Bring- <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's the problem? Is that we don't bring these nice articles on because when we do, everyone's just like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then we yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like reading the article now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, 25 million in form of cash donations. Okay, so they got 25 million dollars in cash that they need to get rid of. <laughs> They're going to quickly move this money. 
it's, yeah. a, it's a five-year plan. It'd be cool if they did something like um, with endangered species and stuff, you know, as well. Like, given that yeah. it's kind of Pokemon mm. and kind of like animals, that'd be kind of cool. But, you know, anything, yeah. any donations they're giving out is a good thing. I mean, look, if, if you're on the cynical angle on this, it's not even that cynical, but if they're, if they're, these groups are supporting children, that basically just means there are more children around to play Pokemon. <laughs> So yeah, they're kind of investing in their audience, yeah. <laughs> and it just pays off in the long run. I guess that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, um, I don't think that's. I don't think you can even call that a bad thing. I mean, if we're saving children's lives, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's so it's they're donating to the countries. Is it that? Did I read somewhere? Did I hear you say that it's where they have a high presence of Pokemon players? Uh, yeah, they said so because they're operating in three different levels: global, regional, local. Uh, the regional ones. Uh, they've identified countries where Pokemon brand has a significant presence. So across mm. Europe, Latin America, North America, and Oceania. I don't know what's left after that. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, penguins. That money is mine. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, have we heard of many other game companies doing any charity donations or big things like that? I know this. I know there's gaming communities do a lot, like speedrunning. What about that? What about that uh, game company that allows you to volunteer your time? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because they don't care. Some people are more volunteers than others. Yeah, Epic does a lot. Um, they do. Yeah, I remember kind of early in the year they donated. Oh, how much? Oh, um. More than fifty million dollars to Ukraine. Oh wow! Well. Yeah, and they Fortnite. Uh, they donated all proceeds from in-game sales, including cosmetic in-game items and virtual currency bought in a shop or online for Fortnite for like a certain time period in April as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, even the uh, the humble. Bundle that's still around. Oh, yeah, mm. and they're always donating. That's the whole thing of it, isn't it? Is it a hundred percent of proceeds? Or I can't remember what the uh, what the deal is with it because I haven't it's been a while since I've visited. Mm, let's have a look. It is actually with, with Humble Bundle, do people like opt their games in to it? Is that how it works? Yeah, Probably, say, yeah. Because even, just, even say, for example, Cult of the Lamb is on there. Like, you just pay for it full price, I think. Uh, but I'm assuming that some percentage of it goes to charity. We should probably shout out Cult of the Lamb being Australian as well. Yeah. Definitely. And doing so yeah. well at the moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Doing very well. What's that? Uh, is that Sydney game? Melbourne game? Melbourne, Yeah. Monster, massive monster. Really. I saw some yeah. LinkedIn posts from someone who must have something to do with the the games community over there. They were just like, my one regret is we didn't fund this game. Like they must have gone for some funding and they oh, must have missed out. Wow. <laughs> someone tagged them in it. They were like, you see, you see. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, picked up by Devolver. Oh wow, Devolver got that. Mm. Wow, awesome. And. uh what do you call Game Plus Residents uh, Half Giant did the trailer. Mm. Yeah, cool stuff. Humble Bundle but, yeah, has so- 200 mil to date. That's crazy. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, and in case everyone's, anyone's interested, uh, there's a Humble Bundle about to run out in six hours, which is Popular Programming Languages by O'Reilly. Yeah. Ah. By the time this podcast is out, it'll be over. Yeah. That's right. yeah. If you, if you I'll be rushing out on to get that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just says uh, they give a share to charity. So it doesn't say 100%. All yeah, cool. oh, right. Because, I mean, back in the day, I mean, they still do those bundles, but they uh, back in the day, they never used to offer games uh, like at full price directly through it, which is cool to see that they do that now. Yeah. Oh, awesome stuff. Yeah. And John, you want to squeeze in that last story? 
Oh, sure. All right. All right. I'll do it. You're twisting my arm, Alex. Fine. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just because I, I was I was telling my fellow Booleans here uh, before the episode. This this new story isn't strictly game related, but I found it so funny I had to tell them. Um, <laughs> So uh, Janet Jackson, who you may know for music, uh, sibling of Michael Jackson, um, <laughs> she she has a song "Rhythm Nation," which came out in 1989, I believe. Um, anyway, a post came out from Microsoft on their blog saying uh, that back in the days, I think it was back in the days of Windows XP, there was an engineer either at Microsoft or at another company that found that the song "Rhythm Nation" by Janet Jackson will crash computers in its local vicinity. <laughs> um, that they were testing their laptop um, and they played the song and it crashed the computer and they went, that's weird. And they tried it again and then it crashed several laptops around it, <laughs> which is not just some weird uh, R&B magic, um, though it is a very magical song. Uh, <laughs> what it actually is, it turns out that that song had a a resonant frequency which resonated with the hard drives, the particular hard drives, these old rotational hard drives in these laptops that would cause them to like stutter and then end up crashing. Um, and I don't know. I just find that hilarious that that can even happen. <laughs> um, so, so it played at a frequency that did what? The hard drives. Yeah. So look, I don't know the exact technicality of the hard drive, but uh <laughs> I, without going to sound nerd on you, basically sound is made of <laughs> resonating, vibrating air particles. <laughs> uh, and these vibrations are, happen at a rate and that's called the frequency. And then at the rate that frequency sometimes... So if you've ever seen like the stereotype of like an opera singer with a glass and if sh she sings or they sing at a high enough pitch, Shows. at the right pitch, it'll shatter the glass. Mm. That's exactly what's happening. So it's like each physical object or like different materials have a certain kind of frequency where if if sound passes through it, it's kind of the way it vibrates, the atoms on the inside can kind of be violent enough that it causes this chain reaction which ends up breaking the thing. And in this case, it was these rotational hard drives and Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson. That's so good. <laughs> I just went to the YouTube video of Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation, and in the comments, it's... Uh, <laughs> This song hits so hard it destroyed laptops and PCs. <laughs> I love it. You know what's funny though? It's like I've never given her music a proper chance. I've never really listened to it until today. And I'm like, this is really yeah, good. She I bet you, yeah, this has been, this will be good for her, <laughs> for the yeah, music. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I love when you just like find a thing so much later or whatever and just like, all right. This is who I am now. Like, <laughs> yeah. The only, the only song that can crash computers that play it and computers in proximity to it to fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and here's where I bring it back to games. So yeah. <laughs> if you if you look at the blog post by Microsoft, go down to the bottom, uh, they mentioned that uh, another engineer also had a similar experience with a specific game that crashed a prototype PC he was working on. Oh, um, wow. And that links to it that links to a tweet and it this is guy, uh, Larry Osterman, no relation to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, I was once working on a new desktop computer and I found that playing the game 101 monochrome mazes would reliably crash the machine. The hardware boffins investigated and discovered the trace to the speaker on the motherboard was too close to the reset <laughs> trace. Now, I don't know what that means. Because <laughs> the uh, speaker would literally like rattle so much that it would uh cause oh, it would actually trigger reset the reset, the reset. <laughs> it would trigger the reset <laughs> wow that's crazy that's so good so rhythm nation would have decimated that computer then yeah <laughs> 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 oh man that's funny so we should probably wrap it up on that note <laughs> mm. uh but we need a we need a question for our audience um and we don't have to make it. What what game would you wish blow up computers? Uh, <laughs> so I, I can tell you, League of Legends once blew up one of my computers, but that's another story. So. <laughs> um, How, what about what have you had something weird happen to a computer, or like have yeah. you heard of something weird happen to a computer from a game or software or something? That mm. you, 
That isn't just That's malware. <laughs> you just yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> a game that you got legally and didn't download off Pirate Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what was, that, what was that thing we were looking at the other day? That malware? Oh, that purple gorilla. Hello, I'm Bonzi Bear. What, that was was that Bonzi? Yeah, because it was like Ponzi. Uh, Everyone look that up after the podcast. Yeah, look up Bonzi okay. Bear. Okay. That's funny. And and know that it was a huge, yeah, malware thing. Oh, it, the voice is so creepy. Well, funny, um, I actually know someone that did accidentally get malware downloading illegally The Sims 4. Um, and it was like a virus. It was a... It was ransomware, but if if you weren't connected to the internet or it couldn't connect back to their ransomware page, it would turn itself into a Bitcoin miner. <laughs> <laughs> so it was making money for them either way. And then if you opened <laughs> Task Manager to close it, it would shut itself down. But then it had like this program in the background that would restart it every 10 minutes. Mm. And so, so you couldn't smart. find it and then it would just, yeah, yeah real smart. So. Gosh. What was oh, that? Uh, you know that uh, what's that uh, that the Japanese game, Ichikichi Yaya Club. Oh, the, the you're one talking you Doki Hokey Doki Pokey. literature. That's it. Doki yeah. Doki, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't that have the thing where like once the um, big twist in the game happened, like your computer would start messing up, like it would start making files and names to you and stuff like that. It does have, yeah, some glitch stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. That is a really Love cool it. game. If you do play it, like I, like, I know, like, I've said it before, and you're like, it's long or whatever, but, like, it's, like, it's so worth sticking it out if you, like, can for what happens. Mm. Like, I've been watching Markiplier play it, and I'm halfway through that. Uh, I say cool. that, but I haven't watched it in about a year, so I'm going to go back to it. <laughs> Well, hopefully he's finished I, it by now. <laughs> I love that I can even call it the Hokey Pokey Yaya Club or the Ichi Kichi Yaya, and everyone just knows what I'm talking about. I speak fluent Alex at this point. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. We should call it. Alright. Mm. John, play the music. John, kill the music. Music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even say it right. Seven, Catch you all next fortnight. See ya. See ya. See ya. Cafe Bullions is hosted in Adelaide, South Australia. If you know of anything happening or would like to reach out to us or have a chat, you can find us on Twitter at LiveBullions or by emailing us at hello at LiveBullions.com.